contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What is happening, everybody? I am your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. So, hey, listen, Eric and I want to help as many contractors as possible. So we were asking for your help to spread the love and share this podcast with others that might benefit from what we're uh, talking about here. We'd appreciate that. And if you're looking to connect with the community with other like-minded contractors, join our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of good conversations about business, sales, marketing, all kinds of stuff happening in there. Or if you're looking to take your business to the next level, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. You can learn more about that at our website, hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. Eric, today we are going to be talking about taking control of your sales is a lifestyle change. So why don't you take the lead on this one today, Eric? I'm going to follow you. All right, cool. Listen, I, I just remember when I decided to really grab sales by the reins and, and it really becomes a lifestyle change. Imagine, you know, if you wanted to lose weight and get in shape, it's really a lifestyle change. You got to change the way you eat. You got to change the way you wake up. You got to change going to the gym and all this stuff, you know, count calories and all that stuff. It's really a lifestyle change. And I'm trying to relate this to sales because it, it takes a lot to really dive into it. I mean, if you want to make drastic changes quickly, you really, you have to go after it. And it still takes three months. It's so much relatable to exercise, right? If you really grind at sales for like three months, you're going to learn enough to where now you're going to, you're going to feel the benefits. So just like if you work out really hard and you eat really well, in about three months, you have a complete transformation and your life's changed. It's the same exact way with sales, if you ask me. Yeah, I've heard the, the saying, you know, if you want massive results, you have to take massive action, right? You can't... Yeah, I love it. You can't just want to have massive results and then do part-time action. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't wake up and work out one day a week. And then look at the I mean? mirror, like, come on, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that. You could do that, but it's going to take you four times as long to get there. No, it's so weird that I'm relating this to exercise in your body because I I think so many people can relate to it, right? And, you know, imagine the people that are out of shape, overweight. They know what they need to do, but they just don't do it. And I think that's, that's part of the problem as well. You know, that contractor mindset, they busted their ass all day. They're tired. They worked hard. You know, they dealt with all this stress and they fought the traffic. And then when they get home, like, do I really want to go to the gym? Do I really want to study this sales book? Do I really want to schedule some role plays with some contractor buddies of mine? Do I really want to, you know, read the book? <laughs> it's, you really have to want it bad. You have to figure it out. Yeah, there's another uh, quote I saw. Of all the places I first saw this, it was in the hallway back to the bathroom at Staples. I was at Staples. I had to use the restroom. I walked back there. They have motivational quotes all over the walls. And I just happened to look and it said, if something's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. Right. 
And is that, was, is that where you like, got that quote? You use that quote all the time. Yeah, I literally saw it in the Staples hallway. I'm going to literally, every time you say that now, I'm going to imagine you scurrying down the hallway because you got to go hit the crapper. <laughs> That's when you uh, got that quote. Yeah, I don't use the public restrooms for that, Eric. <laughs> uh, why are we always talking about you going to the bathroom and you all these podcasts? Up, we have like 25 you, podcasts in at least five of them. 20% of the podcasts, we talk <laughs> about you going to the bathroom. <laughs> That's where I heard that. Po- that's where I heard that that quote from. I've seen it elsewhere since then, but that was the first time I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, Staples bringing some profound, uh, you know, knowledge here, bringing the heat, bringing the." Heat. So, listen, I I have kind of four points I want to talk about this, and and maybe, just maybe, helping someone with the paradigm shift. So, the first, the first, I don't want it, the principle, the bullet point, whatever, like the first thing that needs to happen is you just, you need to discover the fact that you could use some help, that you need some help. It's discovery of within, like, hey, I, I'm not as good at sales as I think I am. Most, a lot of contractors think they are because when they, when they go out to the person's place, all they do is talk about themselves and how awesome of a craftsman they are and how many awards they've won. It makes them feel good. So they actually think they're good at sales when they actually suck. That was my life story. I mean, you know, nine years in business, I, I had like a 70% close rate, sometimes 80%, depending on what the size of the job and what it was. And I'm like, I'm good at sales. I'm good at sales. And then I started hearing about charging for estimates. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. That's crazy talk, charging for estimates. And then I started researching it, started, you know, trying to get some training and learning all this. And then I really finally learned that I wasn't very good at sales. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with me. I mean, I got by. I mean, I didn't go hungry, right? I mean, I bought boots, but I wasn't running a real smooth operation. I wasn't running a really, you know, awesome, sustainable business until I really kind of figured it out, right? And and then went from there. So I guess the first thing is like, how can someone who thinks they're good at sales, how can you convince them that they're not? They have this belief system in them. Like, oh, I'm crushing it. Oh, I'm a good. I don't think you can. I don't think you can convince them. Listen, th- this I'm going to take a twist back to Staples because there was a huge life lesson there that hit me after you closed that out. And that is, if I don't, I'm always constantly on alert to learn, right? I am intentional about paying attention to what's going on around me and trying to learn from every experience, every situation, and, you know, that goes back to the Kanai and, you know, trying to achieve self-mastery and all that stuff. But it, how many times do we go through life our day where we just put our head down and we just check off boxes on our task list, right? If I wasn't going back there, if I wasn't looking around and looking at the signs and looking and observing and trying to see what I could learn or find, I would have never saw that quote, Right. And so that's super important here because if you're if you think you're good at sales, you're done. Like you don't need to listen to any more of our podcasts that have to do with sales because you have it all figured out. And so if you're not willing to learn, you're not going to learn. There's a there's another saying that when the teacher, I'm sorry, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I was ready that day to receive that message from our almighty Staples, that specific message that day. 
And it resonated so much that I remember it. Here it is. Several years later, I still remember it because it resonated with me so much that day. So if you're not ready to learn how to, if you if you think you're good at sales, then there's nothing else you're going to, we can't make them want to learn how to do sales better. This this wasn't my intention to have this. We could have maybe changed the title of of this whole podcast to like, what does exercising and sales have in common? You know, because I'm really thinking about this discovery. Like, how can we how can we help a contractor who actually thinks they're great at sales, but they aren't? How can we help them understand that? It's discovery. So, like, when are they going to learn? Right. So it's like discovery in in exercise. You think you're healthy. You think you're in good shape. You kind of you know, you go through life checking boxes and doing things, and then suddenly you're all of a sudden on a hike, and you're winded. What if? What if you had to run somewhere? What if you got a flat tire? And you had to run over here, and like you, you get to the other side. Like I have guys, I have a lot of young guys that smoke all the time, right? They smoke cigarettes like crazy. I'm like, dude, don't you guys, don't you guys know this is bad for you? But you know, then they're 25 years old. They're fine. They can, they run like a beast. They're still like they're invincible, right? All of a sudden, they're 30 years old, and now you know, doing some of the same things that they used to do, running wheelbarrows or whatever, they're like, they're winded. And and then that's when they discover that like, whoa, I need to maybe, you know, maybe I should quit smoking or, you know, I'm getting out of shape. And, and it takes a long time before it really, really shocks you. And I just don't know that really aha moment, that really super discovery thing that really wakes someone up. And, and if we can help someone discover it faster, that would be great. Yeah, so it's usually when they hit rock bottom, right? Or they get frustrated to a point. So that's usually when the change made. Unless you're unless you're on a journey to self-mastery, then you are always in a constant state of awareness or openness where you, you're ready to receive information and get better. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. So, but, but if you don't, if you're not learning, if you're not wanting to get better, typically when that change happens is when they hit rock bottom. Whenever they gone out to the 20th consultation in a row for free and they find out that the customer went with the other guy because he was cheaper. And they're finally like, this is ridiculous. Something's got to change. I'm yeah. spinning my wheels, blah, 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 missing kids' ball games and doing all this stupid stuff. And then they get on Google and they start searching for stuff, for answers. Sure. So I'll, I'll tell you a personal story because this, this kind of hits home with me. Like, because I'm thinking... When was a real moment? Like, I think I've had a, I've had a pretty good career. I mean, I've, I've, we've grown, we've bought property, we've bought machines, we've bought houses and stuff. But there's this weird moment when we're scaling and moving around and growing the business and getting more employees that it, it kind of overwhelmed me in the regard that's like, I had so many vehicles and so many machines. It's like, hey, we need, we need new tires for the skid steer. I'm like, crap, didn't I just buy new tires? Oh, I bought it for that truck. And then it's like, you go look at the reserves and you're like, I don't really want to spend the money on that right now. And then all of a sudden it's like, the guys have terrible looking shirts and I'm like, oh, I need to order some shirts. My guys are looking bad. It's like, let me get a new shirt order. And I go in and I'm like, hey, I need a couple grand to get some shirts. And they're like, hey, let's wait a couple weeks. And I'm like, how come I can't just make this stuff happen? It's because you know my profits weren't hitting at the right spot to be able to, you know, manage as fast as I was scaling. And so I wasn't watching the numbers tight enough at that time. And that was one of the realizations where I was kind of like, this is, I got to make an, I got to make an adjustment, you know, and I got to dig in deeper. And that was really kind of a discovery part for me when I was like, I need to get these sales down a little bit tighter. I got to learn some stuff. I got to, I got to dive into some, 
some sales. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. You get to a point where it's like something's got to give, something's got to change. You know, for me, I was like, I, I had, you know, I've seen, I, there's a book, Markup and Profit. I don't know if you've, so a lot of you guys listening to this has probably read it. It's like one of the older, it's, it's kind of one of the books that's been around for many, many years. Michael Stone, he's, he's, oh yeah, yeah. Know, he's probably, I think he's in his seventies now. So he's been doing this for a while. I think I got it so on the shelf kind of, right here. Somewhere. Yeah. He's kind of one of the OG guys on, you know, doing stuff. And he talked about, you know, like uh, charging for estimates and stuff like that. And so that I kind of knew about that. But really, I was like, I don't even necessarily want to charge for estimates. I just want to eliminate the tire kickers. If I could just figure out what the tire, you know, how to get rid of tire kickers, I don't mind to go out and look at an estimate for free if, you know, if it's just a matter of they're going to pick the contractor they like the best. But I still want to, I don't want to go out and go look at a job where they only want to spend, you know, one third of what the actual cost of the project is. And so that was my quest. I was just like, I'm tired of wasting my time on tire kickers. And so I started, you know, searching and stuff. But I even kind of knew about this charging for estimates. And I was like, eh, that sounds great in theory, but that's not going to work for me. But I still need to figure out a better way to get out, you know, weed out tire kickers. So again, it's from a point of desperation, right? That's typically when people, you know, alcoholics or people with addiction or whatever, they don't just... Wake up one morning, like, ah, I've had enough. Had a good run. I'm just going to quit. <laughs> had a good run. Yeah, that, that's a good, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because it's like, it's the DUI. It's a couple nights in jail. It's like, hey, I got to change. It's the blackout drunk moment on the lawn. You wake up naked. I'm not speaking from experience, people. I am just want to be clear. At least, yeah, well, I mean, you're probably speaking from experience on the <laughs> naked part. But. <laughs> well, but th- that's the thing. It's like when people wake up and they go like, wow, this, that was, that was a close call last night. You know, I need to, that was, I'm scared, right? Just like, you know, when you're, when all of a sudden you had to run and you've been smoking cigarettes and you can barely breathe and you feel like your chest is coming out, like that was, that's that down moment. So like, listen, because business is a moving target, you know, like it's, it's not just a static thing that you're shooting at, right? It's like you have to you have to really be on your toes and you have to constantly be watching watching what's happening. You get you get extra employees, you get extra overhead, got to make some adjustments in in the way you estimate. You know, you have to raise your prices to accommodate those things. So since it's a moving target, I think I think a, a lot of people just get complacent like and then they just think they think that one way. They think that it's static, and then things change. I can relate this to ponds because when I build a pond for someone, you know, I have a I have a, p- a podcast called the Three Year Pond Syndrome, and it's like at that third year, the person's just doing the same exact thing that they've been doing for so many years. But since it's it's a you know a pond is a moving target, your fish are getting bigger, plants are getting bigger, all that stuff. So like, what happens is. At three years, the pond is a completely different ecosystem than it was for the past, you know, 2.11 something years, right? It literally makes a change right then. And so that's that's why I say business is a moving target. You have to constantly keep an eye on it. You got to keep watching your numbers and you have to be aware like you were walking down the hall at Stater Brothers or I said Stater Brothers, Staples and, and you know, stay focused and have some self-awareness. So once you determine that you've, you know, you need to have a new paradigm shift in your, whatever it is. I don't care if it's sales, if it's exercising, if it's eating, if it's relationships, whatever it is, you decide, I recognize I need to make a change. What, what do they do now? What's the next step? 
Well, the next step is an investment because they have to either invest. Time is a big thing. I think that's probably the biggest thing that a lot of people overcome. I think as entrepreneurs, like somehow we find a way to spend money on whatever, whether it's a book for, you know, $20 or $10,000 for a coaching program. I think, I think us as entrepreneurs can find that, find that way. I think money is easier than time. So the, the big part of this is time. A lot of contractors that we're dealing with, they're up early, they stay out late doing estimates. And so they, they're like, when, Am I going to be able to do this? Should I just not sleep? Should I just like, you know, not be a husband anymore, not be a dad? You know, like, so the, that investment part is probably the biggest thing that, that these guys need to overcome. These girls, all these contractors that, that are listening, they need to figure out that investment. If you want to, if you wanted to get healthy, you're going to have to go to the gym, spend some time. You know, you have to sit and spend some time meal prepping. It's the same can be said about sales. You're going to have to do some reading. You're going to have to watch some videos. You're going to have to look for some coaching. You're going to have to then take the practitioner part of it and trying to apply it. The investment of time is is probably it's probably a harder thing to overcome than just even figuring out you need you need help. I wish I could remember what I did. You see that video I shared in the group this morning? I didn't see it yet. No. Man, I, I, it was, it was the best I've ever heard it said. <laughs> now I can't even remember what it was, but basically, it's like the reason why people aren't successful is because they trade the future work for the the now. I, I'm not doing it any justice here. It's it's said way better than that. I posted it in the in the group, and it's it's magnificent. <laughs> Do I need to go look yeah, it up I mean, real quick and play it? Yeah, I was, well, I thought about it. Then I figured I'd like playing in the background and mess everything up. So maybe we'll come back to it. But the investment, you know, that's that I think the investment is where most people fail, right? They look at this is let's just say, Eric, you, you came to me and said, Hey, I need to learn, I want to learn how to shoot, I want to learn how to draw a pistol in under one second. Right? That's what you said to me. And I said, Okay, that's very doable. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to practice for 10 minutes every day drawing for the next six months. And you're like, I don't want to spend that much time. It's not, it's not that valuable. It's not, that, it's not worth it for me. I don't want to give up, you know, your desperate housewives that you watch in the evening. You know what I mean? So like, you're not going to want to give up that. That's where people fail right there. That's, that's the part of failure. So, what they're not doing, what you're not doing is breaking it down into, into days. 10 minutes in a day is nothing. Like that's literally nothing, right? But, but when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Sure. So they have to figure out what they're going to say no to. I mean, 10 minutes. That's what I'm saying though. 10 minutes is not, you're really not saying no to much. Well, it's boring. I mean, you spend longer taking a crap uh, than that, than 10 minutes. You spend more than 10 minutes taking a crap on because you're on TikTok the whole time. So there you go. There you go again, talking about taking a crap. What do I get to shoot a bullet every time I draw? No, you don't even touch a bullet. You're not even oh, no, shooting live it. ammo. I'm, I'm, no, I'm exactly. not interested. That's terrible. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. I we <laughs> I've been shooting for like five years now. And there's people that were shooting when I went to the very first match, there's there's a you know, you have like a group of people in that there's like a hobby and it's like a little, you know, thing. And you see the same 20 people every every time you go, right? Like that's their thing. 
And I see the same guys that were there the first day that I went and shot. They were, uh, let's say they were a sharpshooter, which doesn't mean anything, but they were at a certain level. Here we are five years later, they're still a sharpshooter. I started out as a sharpshooter and within one year got to a year and a half, I was a master. That's because I put in the work, right? They're not, they're, they're putting in the work when they show up to the match. So they're practicing when they're shooting the match. Now, this is a very important transition here because this is the same with anything you do in sales. Experts have determined that it takes 10,000 repetitions or 10,000 hours, depending on what you're doing, to master a skill set. If you want to be good at a guitar, like master the guitar, you got to put 10,000 hours in to master that guitar, right? And so whenever you show up to like a sales call, and let's say you do three sales a week on average. You have three sales calls a week. It doesn't matter what you do. That's three. That's only three opportunities that you get to practice that to get better, right? But if you're practicing, if you're doing three role plays a day in one week, now you've done 15 role plays. So how much better could you get with your sales if you did 15 practices a week instead of three practices a week? No, like, well, some people don't even know what a role play is. Some yes, people don't even it's know a what practice. That is. You're just practicing. Yeah. yeah. So is it boring? Sure. No. Yes. Maybe. I can see to you it's boring. I mean, role plays to me were a lot, a lot of fun. Listen, I hate I mean I hate I hate dry firing. I literally hate doing it, but I have to do it if I want to get good. I know that I have to do that if I want to be the national champion. And you're going this this uh, in just a month or so, right? Uh, September 21st, I'll be in Colorado. We'll shoot in the national championship. Nice, nice. Okay, check this out. First of all, I want to go back to guitar for a second because there's a fun story in here. I remember, you know, when I was 15, 16, I was trying to learn how to play guitar. I wanted to be in a rock band. And, and I remember my buddy's brother was a guitar player. He'd been playing for five years. He was badass. He was so good, just shredding, right? And uh, he's, he was like, yeah, I'll show you a couple things. He showed me a couple things. And then I was like, man, he's been playing for five years. Maybe after I've been playing for five years, I could be this good, right? So I just remember like, I would sometimes practice on the weekends for like eight hours on guitar, just all day long, constantly. I'd come home from school. all, day. And then I remember like a year later, I hadn't seen that guy in a while, a year later, I'm I'm not bad. I'm playing pretty good. And I was over to see this guy. I was like, oh, maybe I can he could teach me some more stuff. I had this memory of this shredder, right? Teaching me some things. And when I got there, I was like, this guy sucks. He's no good. But it's I he'd been playing for five years. I've been playing for a year. But I think, you know, at that point I had put in more reps on the guitar in a, sh- in a shorter period of time. So that was a, that was probably my real aha moment about repetition and focus and passion and and like leaning into it. And you can, you can, you know, 10 X getting where you want to be a whole lot faster. Yeah. That's, that's shortcutting the, that, that's what that uh, thing I shared this morning was about. It's like they trade their future goals for the temporary gains to like today's, like what's happening today. You know what right. I mean? Oh, I don't want to work out this morning because I'd rather sleep. I'd really need to get my sleep in. So they just gave up on it. Right. Yeah. So what happens instead instead of working out and getting to their ideal weight and having a, a healthy lifestyle, which they could easily achieve in six months, they live the next three years obese or whatever it is unhealthy, 
And then finally, after three years, they finally get their crap together and then they get healthy. But they just wasted the previous three years of that because they decided that it was more important to be lazy today than it is to put in the work to get where I want to go. Wouldn't the shortcut to making better profits and making more sales and saving time, don't you think that people would make that shortcut like they want that shortcut so bad? I can see how a lot of people are like, yeah, I like playing guitar. It's cool. I like to learn, but I don't have to get there that fast. I'll take my time, right? But like, why would anyone want to wait on, you know, making more profit, more money and saving time by practicing sales? That's, that's, I guess it's going to go back to discovery. I wanted to talk about that. How you discover you need to learn sales is how hard you go on the investment. Because, you know, the guy who is winded and, or his, his wife leaves him because he's a slob. And then he's like, oh, I got to get in shape. Did you ever notice that? Like when people break up, they, you know, when they get together, they're all happy yep. and then they put on all this weight. And then they split up. They're like, oh, screw you, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to get in shape. You know, like that, that is the defining moment where someone's like, I got to get healthy. My girlfriend left me. I hate her. My best way to revenge is to get hot again. Like, why didn't they just do that to begin with? Because they were comfortable. They didn't want to be uncomfortable. Right. This is this is my sin of choice. Is comfortable. I I love being comfortable. I'll do. I'll spend a ton of time and a ton of money so that I can be comfortable. And what that does is it when you're when you're comfortable, you get lazy. Right. So when you get married, and after a few years, the honeymoon phase wears off, and then you start getting comfortable. Then your you know your wife's making you dinner and all this and taking care of you. And yeah, you work, but you come home and then you get in your favorite recliner and you take your shoes off and nobody's supposed to talk to you while you're watching Jeopardy because that's your show. I mean, like that's, that's the level of comfort I'm talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. And then when they get, then when they get divorced, it's like, well, I don't even know how to cook dinner. I guess I better go learn. I'm, I'm fat. You know, I'm not. Gonna, yeah. I'm never going to attract anybody. I guess you better go lose weight. Well, that so. that's just the thing. So you talked about getting the gutter. It depends on how hard you fall in discovery. You know, and so hopefully this podcast will get someone to, you know, who's not totally in the gutter right now to kind of raise their eyebrow and go, hmm, what's this sales stuff they're talking about? How how can I make some changes? How can I make the difference? So let's let's say you know the 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 second thing that they need to do is they need to, you know, have they need to be aware of the investment of time and then money. You know, again, you can get a book, you can watch videos for free, you can download some stuff, you can, you know, get into a program to learn, you can hire a coach. Like there's all those different levels. And depending on how hard you hit the dirt depends on how hard you go at it. Right. So I think we're clear on that. What about number three? There's all these objections. Just like in sales, we get objections. There's objections in, in this sales system like that. Or in studying sales, I should say. You got any examples uh, or you want a couple? No, expand on what you mean by that, by objections. So an, an, one objection could be, hey, I'm going to join this group and I'm going to you know, pay a certain amount of money to learn. Now the wife's like, oh, I don't, you know, don't want to spend the money on that. So yet that becomes an objection to you getting into your sales process, right? I mean, you can read a book. It's twenty dollars, whatever. You can probably get some some from some contractor buddies if you really ask, 
and then you can read a couple books and get into it. But the, the more you get into it, to shorten that, to shorten the time frame, you got to go harder. Where you get trained by people, you get into a group, you have to pay some money every month to be, you know, in a, in a group where you're role playing with people, or, or you, you know, hire a, a high level coach to teach you that stuff. I, I just remember when I went real hard at it, and I was prepared to spend money to learn. You know, think about people go to college and spend a couple hundred grand to to get a degree and then they can't even find a job. So for me, when it's like, hey, I'm going to make an investment in sales, I'm going to make an investment in myself and that's something that I can apply immediately. I know it, it can already be applied to my business and then I'll I'll get my ROI real fast. You know, when when you have a student go to school nowadays, which is awful, they have 250 grand in financial debt and it takes them their whole life to pay that off, right? So you know, for me to spend ten thousand on on a coaching program to learn that stuff, I know I can convert that if I apply myself faster. But the objection did immediately come through my wife. Hey, why would we do this? What's going to go on? You know, you don't have the time. You know that that can be an objection. So, what about like if you? I mean, like if you just don't think you're smart enough to do it, or you don't, you know. I don't have enough time, Eric. I mean, this all sounds great in theory and all that, but I just don't have enough time to spend towards these things. Like, how do yeah. you, you know, those kind of objections, like how do you overcome those? Well, there is that self-doubt stuff. You know, there is there is going to be some self-doubt with people and, you know, some self-destructive behavior, right? So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a psychologist, man. I don't know how to get these people over it, but, you know, this is stuff that you have to do. So if you had a wife, you'd have to like really, and this is kind of good. It's like, I don't want you to have to try and convince her. I want you to have to talk her through it. It could be your spouse, whatever. I, I don't want you to have to convince your spouse that, you know, hey, this is gonna be really good. Like if, if you can convince them, you can convince yourself. You gotta convince yourself first. So if you don't think you have enough time and you say, hey, I really wanna do this and you're looking for approval and she's like, oh, you don't have the time. You're gonna go, oh yeah, you're right, I guess. All right. Never mind. That's just a scapegoat. What that is, I, I love. I love the the objection of time when it comes to learning things because I can. T- I could pretty much. I could say with uh, about a ninety nine percent certainty that for over half, okay, over half of contractors, I can save you ten hours a week easily. If not more than that, you want to know what it is, Eric? A day? Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> Quit watching TV. <laughs> yeah. What is TV going to do for you in your life and your business? Do people watch that much TV? Absolutely. I think the ad national average is five hours a day. No way. Yeah, That's it's way cra- too high. It's it's crazy. I used to do that. I would do that. Right I would come now. home every day. My wife and I, we'd watch watch TV for four or five hours every night from after supper until we went to bed, we'd watch TV. I did that for years. Or I was playing a video game because I love video games. Four hours a day, 28 hours a week. That's the average? Yeah, or two months of nonstop TV watching per year. Yeah, well, I was close. That's at five it, hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's probably down a little bit. It probably used to be five. I bet it's up because of COVID. Everybody's watching more TV. In a 65-year lifespan, 
A person that watches four hours of TV a day spends nine years of their life. That's crazy. So how much is that in a year? How much, how much uh, time is that in a year? Does it say? Uh, 28, hours, 28 hours a week. You know, so. What's that come out to be? Um, probably around two, around 175. Do the math. Once, huh? I'm guessing 175. That's more than that. Oh, that was, that's days. I was thinking days. You, said, I was thinking, you said, what did you say? 28 hours a week? 28 hours a week. I was thinking of work days and I was trying to back it out of that. That's 1,456 hours a year. How many days is that? Divided by 24. What'd you say? I got to see if I was terribly off. Hold on. I don't know. 1,464. I'm going to get this. 1,464. 1,456. Oh, shit. 1,456 divided by 12. How many days? Divided that's by 24. If you do it by hour, 182. It's 182 days. I said 175. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So if you're going to get to 10,000, right? At that rate, it's going to take you 10 years to get 10,000 hours. So what's that tell you? 28. Did you say 28 a week? Yes. Four hours a day. Look, look, this, this has me going back to, I, I think we talked about working a half day the other day. I don't, I don't know if it was on a podcast or it was on a, a coaching call. Coaching call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, half, I work typically half days. This is 12 hours. I remember I told someone the other day, like, how many hours did you work today? I was like, I worked a half day yesterday. And uh, they're like, you only worked four hours? I was like, no, bro. <laughs> it's, I worked 12, day. half a day. <laughs> And they're like, oh gosh. So, but I mean, that's the way people think. But I mean, that that's a half day's work right there. So it's like they work for eight hours and then they come home and watch TV for four hours. I'd, I'd, I'd love to think that most contractors are not in that mode, but yeah. I, I put in a solid two audit. hours every day. You, you need to audit your time. I mean, yeah, if, I, if you say, I don't have time to read a book or I don't have time to you know do a coaching, you need to audit your time. I put in a solid two hours every day, at least. I'm kidding. Listen, I, you, may t- you may tell you how the guys can, can save another hour a day of time. I'm sure you got multiple ways. What's up? Quit listening to the radio when you're driving. I, oh, there you go. I was like, bring it home, bro. We're not getting it. So, I mean, well, listening to the radio, I mean, a lot of guys are working on the roof or doing whatever. They're, they just need that motivation. Yep. What, what, what you're getting at, and I know, is like, listen to some audio books, listen to some yep. podcasts, listen to yep. some, you know, something to feed your brain besides, you know, some heavy metal music. Junk in equals junk out. If you're watching, you know, The Real Housewives of whatever Hollywood, that's just pure junk in your brain. And then you're going to end up putting junk out. And I don't care. I don't care what you watch. If you're watching TV, listen to the radio, all that stuff. And you're listening. You know what, Eric, here's a true story. I used to listen to a lot of the talk shows. This was uh, two, about two, probably about three years ago, maybe two and a half. I would listen to a lot of talk shows like Hannity and all these different, you know, conservative talk shows. Okay. And all, it, all I would, I would come home at the end of the day, just like pissed off, like all the time, just pissed off because of stuff that was happening. And so I finally realized it's because I was putting all this junk in my head every day. And when I quit listening to that stuff, 
I wasn't pissed off anymore. And even this year, since January of this year, I literally have not watched a single news anything. Like I don't research it online. I don't watch videos. Nothing that has to do with any news whatsoever. I've cut it all out. And it's totally, I've actually sleep better now because I don't have all that stuff coming into my brain. So when you get mad at me tomorrow, can I just be like, did you watch the news today, bro, or what? No, that's you. Oh, damn it. That'll always be you. So any other objections that we should talk about? I mean, that is the thing. It's about, it's out self, you know, self deprivation. Like you're like, I don't have the time, you know, your, your spouses, I don't have the money. I'm just trying to think of what else might, might be an objection. Dude, if I, if I, if someone says they don't have enough time, I, and you want to punch came, them in the face. Well, that's true. But I want to come to them and I say, okay, I want to, when you get up in the morning, we're going to track every single minute of your day until you go to bed at night. And I guarantee you, I can find at least a minimum of two hours of time that you're wasting, if not more. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about that for a second. Cause I, I micro and analyze some of my, some of my steps through the day, this self-evaluation thing, right? There is time when, when people just need to like check out. I can see someone really worked hard today. They're still kind of wired. They're still awake. Absolutely. They, they, they have to decompress. So I, I'm all for that. I want to make sure people realize we're not just being hard asses and go like, just work, work, work. But that's planned. I mean, not always planned like when you're going to do it, but you, you, when you decompress, it's a planned thing. You, you've realized that you're overworked and you're stressed and you need to decompress, right? And so well, you but can, hopefully you, hopefully you won the day by that time. Hopefully by the time you're in that, okay, I'm going to decompress by 10 or nine or whatever the number is. I'm decompressing by this, but hopefully you've got those, those, critical tasks that you really want to get done, checked off for the day. And, and if you get them done early, you're like, hey, I can, I can decompress and feel good about it. Yeah, I'm with you. But what I'm saying is it's, it's not, I have to, oh, I had a hard day at work. I have to decompress for six hours tonight. Right. I'm not using it as an excuse. It's a, for you, it's a planned event in that... And, and it doesn't have to be at the end of the day. It could be in the middle of the day. When you get burnout, right? You could just be like, I'm done. I'm, you know, it, I don't care if it's two o'clock in the afternoon. If you're like super stressed out, you just say, don't call me. I'm going to go lay down. Or I'm going to go watch TV for an hour or whatever it is you need to do to decompress. And then you get back at it, right? And then you're back at it and you're working hard again. Well, I guess, I guess another objection would be money. You know, I mean, they could like, sort of objections like, I'm not a very good reader. I can't tell you how many my friends' employees are like, oh, I, I don't read. I'm like, I buy them a Audio book. Here, books. read this book. Audio books. So there's, there's an example. I hate oh. reading. I, I literally hate reading books. And so I listen to audiobooks while I'm driving. That's how I get all my books done. And I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. No, you've listened I'm, to hundreds and hundreds of books. Yes. I say read, so but to- I, haven't let, I haven't actually read them. I, I listen to them. Well, when I say I read a book, I actually read it. I, I do I'm, read some books. Okay. Well, so but that would be an objection. I'm not a good reader. Okay. Now that you get an audio book, right? All right. Hopefully we helped someone right there. An audio book. I never thought about that. Let me go get hey, one. Eric, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. That's the point I'm getting at. It's like money. Well, it's, it's a lot of money. 
Yeah, well, then you haven't been, you're not in the dirt far enough yet. Maybe in three years from now, you really hit the gutter and then you'll realize, and then you'll be pissed that you didn't start three years earlier. So I, I think we've kind of beat objections into the ground. Well, let's, let's get to the last one real quick. I don't want to say real quick, but let's, let's get to the last one here and uh, see what that's going to be. Making a commitment. Nothing happens until you make a commitment. That's scary though. I don't, I don't want to commit to anything. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's the truth, right? You know, it's, it's, you're not going to get healthy and in shape by going to the gym once or twice a week. You know, that's not really a commitment. Someone who really wants to make drastic change with their health and wellness and they're going to make, you know, a commitment to where they're not going to eat sugar or they're going to make a commitment to they're going to do a certain amount of cardio and whatever, right? They, they, it's the commitment. And, and you can see it in someone's eyes. Like you could see it in their whole, you know, psyche when they like finally make a commitment, I'm going to get this done, come hell or high water, no matter what, I'm going to do it. And that's what it takes to go from not knowing anything about guitar, watching a guy who thinks he's a shredder and then a year later, you're better than him. But let's do it in sales where you can eye. actually we, benefit your life. We need to dub in the eye of the tiger playing while you're giving that little talk there. That would have been perfect. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> the commitment, right? Rocky, he makes the commitment. I mean, you got You just got to put in the effort. Yeah. I mean, you, Eric and I, and I'm speaking to the audience now, Eric and I have, have just this year have spent thousands of dollars on coaching because even though we have a coaching program, we also need coaching so that we can better ourselves. So, I mean, we've made the commitment and probably maybe I'm going to make a commitment tomorrow. I don't know on something that we're working on, but we're not just telling people that they need to go out there and, you know, spend money and buy our program. I don't, I don't give a crap if you buy our program. If, if you're going out there just and getting buy help, buy someone's, buy someone's I don't care program. if it's a book, if it's a podcast, if it's this podcast, if it's a different podcast, if it's a, you, hell, you can go to the library and rent a book on how to get better. People know what libraries <laughs> you are. You don't rent from the library, bro. Bro, you, you need a it. nap. It's, You've been working too hard. You need to decompress. That you do, you check it out, rent it, whatever, borrow. It's a figure of speech. Come on. But you can get a book gonna, for free at the library and read it on how to do sales or whatever it is you need to get better at. I was just thinking... I've probably spent about four hours a day this year so far just focused on how can, how can we help contractors? How can we make a difference? How can we, you know, the, it, it moves me. It moves me to the core when, when I talk to a contractor and they share with me, you know, some of the successes from, from what we've talked about with them, how it's changed their life, how they've had more time with their kids. I mean, they, they tell me these stories and just, freaking makes me want to cry. I mean, my chest is all like pumping, you know, like nothing moves me more than that to see that kind of stuff. It's, it's a real fun part of my career at this point. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you would believe this or not, but there's times where I almost cry, Eric. I get so moved <laughs> by stuff that happens. In I've our heard, group. I've, yeah, you say it sometimes, but I don't know. Next time it happens, just like, <laughs> oh, you got to send me a picture. <laughs> little, <laughs> little tear in your I eye. I mean, even, even today, we had one of our members, you know, post kind of what what is what's happened in his business and life, and it was it was pretty moving. You know what I mean? We love those uh, messages and hearing those things. So yeah, yeah, that rocked absolutely. that rocked me back. That rocked me back pretty hard today. 
I got a thank you card in the mail. I hope I hope you got one too. Otherwise, you're gonna have your feelings hurt. But I got a thank you card in the mail from someone in our group uh, talking about some things that um, I made suggested, and they applied it to their business, and it made a big deal. It was really cool. I wasn't gonna tell you. Now I hurt my feelings. I'm yeah. about to cry. <laughs> Take a picture. No, but that that's that's a big deal to me is when that kind of stuff happens. So we, we I mean, my hope from this podcast is like it kind of just sheds a little light on on self-awareness, uh, to let you know you're not alone in it. You know, we've gone through it, we've paid for coaching, we're continuing to pay for coaching because we want to be better for, you know, the the people that are in our community. And our own businesses. I mean, I'm still I'm still growing my business and still trying to make it better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Are you done? You got it all wrapped up? <laughs> Come on, give us a couple more words of wisdom. Let's think here for a second. No, if it's important to you, you will find a way. If it's not, you will find an excuse. Let that I just resonate. Hope you find, I just hope you find the way. Again, I mean, I think I think we covered it because I think most 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 people that are at least listening to podcasts, they're entrepreneurs in the sense that they, they, they're resourceful. And with resources, you just find a way. You, you're, you be resourceful with your time. You be resourceful with your money. Be resourceful communicating with your spouse to make these things happen. And so I, I, hope, I hope we moved someone. I hope, we get some, I hope I get a thank you card from this podcast. Yeah, you'll probably get it. I won't. Where, where can they send fan mail? Can we can we come up with that? And see who gets more fan mail, me or you? We have a we have a PO box. We should put we that down in the PO box. Let, let's put that down in the in the show notes and see if see if we get if I get some fan mail, make you cry. You know what would be really cool? I just thought of this. We should get a board and get stickers from people listening to the podcast. If they would send us stickers, we'll put them on a board. And over the period of time, we'll collect everything. I think that'd be pretty cool. You know, Brad and I have, have talked about taking the the podcast more video oriented. And I was just going to say, it'd be cool to have that board like behind us or something like that on the wall. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that would. I like that idea. So we'll put the uh, we'll put the address, the PO box, in our show notes that way. And guys, we're not asking you to send us anything. Seriously, don't send us anything. But no, no, really, you, I, I want I want to thank you, Carl. That's just I mean, it's not asking much. I mean, if I help change someone's life, Brad, come on. Makes Fine. me feel special. Fine. If Eric moves you to send him a thank you card, you can do that. But if you want to send us some stickers, if you have stickers that you have of your business, your logo or whatever, send them to us. We'll throw them on a board. That'd be cool. So Eric, take us out of here. Thank you so much for spending time with us today on the podcast. You know, it means a lot to us when you share the podcast with your contractor community. We all could use a little bit of help and uh, we all want to get better together. Uh, Please rate and review us over on iTunes. It means a big deal to us. And until next download, be safe. Have a good day.